Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about how intricate your backstory should be. Backstories. For me, you know, what's funny is that backstories for me, I never asked players for their backstories until like maybe not 20 years ago. No, no much more recent than that. And it, because when I first started playing, we didn't have backstories, right? I didn't write backstories. I, I don't think I really wrote anything down. I might have had a concept of where my character was from. Uh, why he decided to be a class that he was, but it didn't go farther than that. Uh, and this because I was playing with GMs who never asked for a backstory. And you know, my brother who who was my GM, he, he his GMs never asked for a backstory. So so me, I never asked for a backstory because I never in- thought of, to include them. And so that this has been the way for many years. And and though many people, different people, have used them. Pretty early on, I mean, depending on where they come from or who they played with or what their background is, their background. Uh, I don't remember writing a backstory, asking for a backstory until maybe five, seven, ten years ago at the most. You know, when I would ask people to make a backstory because when I started playing D&D in 2000, third edition in 2001, I never asked for backstories. I don't think I asked. But you were playing with the same people you've been playing with for since you were a little kid. (laughs) Yes. So so there was that idea. That idea never really entered our brain. You were all just together because you were. Yes, because we needed to be. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of like dumb, right? So what is a backstory? What is the backstories is where your character come from, why you're there. Before they enter play, right? Yeah. And preferably how they know the other people they're playing with because as i've said before you probably don't want to camp out with a bunch of people if you're playing D that you just met in a bar who had a fight and their arm to the teeth <laughs> i just think about the the how, irony the, how logical that is right you meet at a bar or a tavern right and you get and then the the shopkeeper or somebody in the bar offers you all of you so much money to go handle the problem and you all go yeah we'll take care of it total strangers right <laughs> and you go camping like imagine going camping with people you didn't know it wouldn't happen for right? me as <laughs> as Saul knows and, uh, going out in the middle of nowhere I wouldn't sleep actually if that was the case <laughs> and then you know and then Burley John and 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 uh, especially black, if they're armed to the and black Bart over there are gonna Learn guard, guard, uh, keep guard uh, for four hours while you sleep. And I just met them five hours ago. And, yeah, you get to sleep with one eye open, right? And as Saul knows, that would never happen because I, they would start out as serial killers to me, <laughs> and they would have to work their way down. <laughs> yeah, it just makes more sense when characters have a connection to each other, and one of the ways you do that is with a backstory, right? When Saul started playing with our son and his friends a backstory was an important thing to help the kids not only not be murder hobos, which didn't work for very long, but to give them an idea of having connections with each other. Right. Right. And that was a big thing for at the time. And I don't know if he had just recently played in games where that was a thing or what had happened then, but it was a, it was a important thing. It's always hard for me to do a backstory because I don't know the character yet. I'm not sure what I'm doing. It's getting easier, but um. I think some people are like you, and they, they wear those same shoes that where they they want to play the character a little bit to get a little bit of a feeling of who that character is. Like it comes to you while right, you start right. Playing. And other people are like, oh yeah, I I just uh, I came up with a 
you know, a, a warrior of chaos. And, uh, yeah, and they, they, and they have 30 pages of from uh, age five since the early recollections to, <laughs> to the, the age, 17, yeah. age of 17 where, where they enter play. Yes. You know, that's interesting as a player to write all that, to know where you come from, and to have a total idea of what makes up your character. But when but, a GM asks for a backstory, you probably should not put a you know 147-page book in front of them. Yeah, but it's okay to like uh, one of one of our friends, Jim. He is a writer and an artist, and so when he does a backstory, it's very intricate. And yes. but it also gives it he gives a lot of flavor to it, so it's always interesting to read to me. And <laughs> so I like I like that, but he he puts the time and effort into it right for himself, so that when he plays the character, he knows what he's playing right. That's the way that he comes up with how he's going to play his character. Right. And so I think unlike you who have to role play or play in the shoes of that character for a little while. Or at least know the character for like two weeks in my head before I play it to give you a a backstory. To get a feeling of who that character is. Jim, on the other hand, can completely write a nice long backstory. and, And he knows who his character is when he starts playing and knows the motivations and knows... You know what his character's goals are and where he wants to the game to propel toward. Which you know, as a GM, you want somebody who writes a nice backstory for you, their character. Because I was just thinking, what are good things that backstories do for everybody, right? When you said for players, it gives them full character to play with, to be able to role play with. Which is important because you, what you don't want, you know, and it, it does happen is when you people play a character and they're playing it one week one way and then the next week or the next session, like, who is this guy? He's not even acting the same way, <laughs> right? <laughs> he goes from cruel Clyde to, you know, hap slappy Sam. You know, and you're like, okay, is this, did you make another character? <laughs> oh, no, it's the same guy. I'm like, oh, okay. It seems totally different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I use that example of, of my NPC, my future uh, character, and, and I use them as an NPC in the game to connect all the players. And I told you when they finally met them and the way I role-played them. They didn't like They it. didn't like them. And I was like, oh, God. I, you know, I role-played myself into a, into a corner. Here, I had set the scene up. I, was, I guess I'm a better writer than an actor. And so I set the scene up as to why they liked them or why they knew this guy. And so he was... It was pretty important to them because. But when they met him, they didn't. They realized they didn't like him. Like, is this is the guy we're <laughs> looking for? So yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I, I think backstories are useful in that sense and help the player figure out how to play that character. The nice backstory you know, helps the GM figure out what this character, what this player wants out of the game, right? Right. Because it kind of you know if he's if he says. Oh, if he writes this intricate back, background story about intrigue and how he's involved in some sort of syndicate and all this stuff, then you kind of get this idea that the player wants some subterfuge type of game, you know, and all this other stuff. So it helps the GM, you know, figure out what kind of game that players want to play it. Yes. <laughs> well, we've also talked about the fact that if you read somebody's backstory, something you think is important could have just been fluff that they put in, right? There's that. Could, so, yes. so, so if you're gonna go with a with a theme for their character, you might want to 
confirm with them that this is what they want to do, right? <laughs> That's a good idea. I didn't think about that. Yes, we talked about it earlier. Oh, they, oh, okay, I forgot. So what are some of the things that you should really, I mean, you, you don't want it to be too intricate. You don't want 30, 40 pages of what your character did since they were five years old. Or right? even seven, right? I mean, uh, uh, you know, our friend, kid's friend, he wrote, he wrote me seven pages. And I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. And it was really fantastical. And I'm like, okay. So I, so I wrote him back. I go, okay, you know, some things don't fit the way I want to run the game. You know, if it, if it really bothers you that uh, the changes I want you to make, just tell me. And so we went back and forth. And that, and that's what that's another thing is that, you know, if something doesn't fit, you got to tell your player, you know what, this doesn't work for me. You cannot be the son of a demon. I just, it's not going to happen. But, you know, I circumvented or I, for that character anyway, that he wanted to play, that he wanted to be half demon. I said, well, you think you're half demon, right? And you have these memories, but as he grew up or as he played, he, I kind of gave him the idea that they were, they weren't really memories. They were dreams or something. And then instead of him being the, you know, half demon, uh, I gave him a sword that's cursed. And Which the paladin <laughs> in the group might have had to kill him if he was half demon, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Well, he might be fighting his nature and be lawful good, right? Yeah. So when you're when you're doing your backstory, it's good to you. You need to have certain things, right? You have to have a name. Oh yeah, yeah. I was wondering what certain things you needed, like you know. You need to know how old you are, right? And where you're from. The vital statistics. You know <laughs> why you're at this tavern, and you probably would like to have a connection or two with the other players. I think that's a really good idea because otherwise, you know, Saul has this thing and, and Augustine and I have done it a lot because Augustine is young. Well, he's 16 now, but he'll be 17 soon. But um, he's not really into writing backstories, right? He's not, it, it's not his thing. No, he he's says, a I'm a dwarf, a barbarian. I smashed things. I, yeah. That's, you know, you can't work a lot with that description. So I always go, well, okay, we met on the road or I met you and we've been together for two years at walk, adventuring together, right? So so then you at least have a connection with one person you're playing with. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the best thing to come out of a backstory is those connections to other players and give you a reason to be together. Whether, you know, recently friend, a friendship that developed or... or known each other since they were five i think it gives you the reason to be with them and to care whether they live or die other than well if he dies then i might be next uh, the story of uh or the calculation that uh, that that bag of uh, hit points next to me uh <laughs> keeps me from getting hit points reduced you know other than that, you know, it's good to good to have an a connection to keep that person alive. Other than the fact that they help reduce the amount of hit points that you take simply by being there, the target opportunity. I think uh, those those links that backstories give you give you and to the DGM uh, is important. No doubt about it. And I think a lot of GMs take a lot of time and effort creating their games, and they also when they get your they want your backstory before you the day you start playing so they yes. can they can put it into the game that they are creating or at least weave it in weave them together for starting for a starting point right yeah yeah i think i've i've done that successfully over email when people would send me their backstory and i'm like okay and like even augustine you know who was 
terrible at or not terrible but he not that he refuses but he's, he's not really interested in that whole backstory right he's you know. he, he's more interested in all the boys because they're you know they're technical right they right. they they well, like the rules Ian. they like the is well the Ian is also very artistic yeah. kind of guy yes they're very um into well this is this is what it says and this is how I want to play my character and I picked this character because I want to do 62 points of damage every time I hit somebody. Correct. Well, and that's what my son is all about is how much damage he can do and how effective he can be in combat. And so I'm like, okay. And the backstory he gave me was, you know, three sentences, maybe a paragraph. I don't think it was even that extensive. What I did was I, I incorporated what he told me and I hooked them up with the person who wrote seven pages and went from there. And I, and I told each of them in emails what they saw, what, how they met. And though they don't really care about each other, you know, in the game, they know, known each other for a while. So, uh, they came as a group. And so that's what I did. I think when I was running, when I started that game, I, I gave everybody pairs of groups that they were, that they knew. And then, and then I mixed the groups up in the first scene or the first time we played. And I think it went pretty well. I think that's probably one of my best starting. Uh, uh, but it took a lot of work. So, <laughs> I mean, and cause you had what seven players and you had all kinds I had of, eight. you had all kinds of, it was, it, it, there was a lot yeah. of intrigue because we were leaving a city looking for a King. Right. Right. And there was a lot of how and why. And, and Saul's quick question was, why would you, why would you be with these people? And what is your, what, you know, that kind of thing, right? Why are you here? Which reminds me of, of, you know, Babylon 5. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> so, I, like I said, I was pretty successful in running that, starting off that campaign and hooking all these characters up. And the second time I did it was in the Pathfinder game mm-hmm. where I think. That was the Pathfinder. Well, there was another Pathfinder game okay. that I ran with, uh, with Steve and all those about finding best, my, uh, my, my 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 character slash NPC that none of them liked when they found none of them liked when they found them and so it was very interesting for me that it worked so well that through email I got their background and I mixed this idea that you know this character because he helps you do this because he was kind of a fixer right you know he was he got you stuff that you needed and through emails they developed a uh, an idea of who this guy was and why they what liked them and why they would be interested if he turned up missing. So then he turns up missing or hasn't been seen in a few days and everything leads to this one area or this one inn or tavern and they all meet there at the same time and then there's some action scene that starts off. Of course, you should always start off with the action scene. And then after that action scene is over, they all meet and they're like, oh, and then casually or somehow... Somebody lets out that you know why they're there because it's like oh I've never seen you here before and I'm a regular oh I'm looking for a friend and then they start talking to each other and then they were all amazed at why they were all there and why so they all had this one thing in common that they wanted to do was find this character or find this yeah find this character and so that's what the adventure was all about and I thought it was a good I mean I thought it was a good adventure and everybody was like wow that turned out really good you know and I was like yeah I was pretty happy with that. I was very happy, and I think that's what that's what a good backstory does. It it really gives really gives the GM a lot of information to be able to weave these people. Even if you don't work on backstories together, 
you can weave these these characters together in a way that uh, that makes sense. And so when you're out going to go camping uh, with these people you don't hardly know who have all these weapons and will you know could kill you in your sleep when they're when they're guards uh, they're guard, on guard duty makes sense that you would well if if they're a friend of the guy that i like you know he they they can't be all that bad those two games the way they started the way uh i handled the whole uh backgrounds and and weaving them together it it's probably the best starting campaigns that i had ever newer games not D. Well, even D and D now, yeah. they give you um, fifth edition, gives you things to pick from, right? Or yeah, yeah, the ideals and and problems well, and ideals things. and goals. Or Go, yeah, and it, it gives you from your background to help you with the backstory. Yes, to give you a motivation for playing your character. Right. Well, other games um, do this to give you things to pick from. Like this is um, well, tells of the loop. The each character has different things they get they they give you ideas right right or you can and it says or you can make up your own right but you read the ideas and you go oh well i can work with that and it gives you it helps you to create the your backstory in your head and also it gives you a, a reason to be doing and be where you are right yeah and exactly when i and like you say you know when you you want to play the character a little bit before you come up with the backstory having those kind of questions and it fleshes out who the character is it right? sparks things for you right. to be able to do it quickly compared to sitting around for two weeks like i usually do trying to figure out <laughs> like i have to make a feng shui character and i'm still going there's like 20 classes 30. or 20 there's a ridiculous amount of things which one should i pick they all look really cool so you just got to pick something right and just pick something it's it, but it, it makes it harder if there's too many choices so <laughs> so when you're doing your backstory it's the same thing to me right you have to be able to to have an idea of what you're doing and like call of cthulhu um <laughs> i've only played it once and but it was interesting because the people that i played with run it all the time and they said so what you want to do is you want to roll your stats before you pick what you want to be right. because your stats determine what you can be right and which I unless you want to be really lousy at what you're doing yeah <laughs> so so that was interesting there's these different things different games are different in the way you create your backstory right. whether you're well, you, so like D D, you decide what you want to be feng shui you pick pick the uh, a template kind of thing and then you go from there same same thing for most games right yeah what i like about that tales of the loop it gives you those like your what is your problem and it gives you ideas what your problem yeah, could be and, instead of you just having to come up with it. Right. And and what's funny is it's bas you're basically kids doing solving problems. And their thing is in the 80s, that never was. So you're a kid in the 80s between the ages of 11 and 15, I believe. And the bookworm, I, I'm just I don't remember exactly what it was, but the bookworm has like they give you two problems that they that you could have. And one of them is like, oh, you're bullied all the time. And two is uh, you're your dad is sick but doesn't want to t talk about it so he just mixed ones people yeah, different ones together but what it what it does is it, it kind of gives you an idea of what problems are and and it gives you that idea that ability to, to switch from like being bullied is okay but not being okay but being bullied is is is, uh, is one problem is one problem 
And the other one is like really emotional, right? So depending on how you want to play your character and what things you want to deal with, you could pick one that is a little bit less traumatic for you you, right (laughs) and i think it's weird because like when i first like what and then and they they, and then they also say oh come up with one one of your own yeah right right and i i really like that because like it gives you these examples and it goes well you can come up with something good but the the examples are really good to to give you an idea of they want something that with meat right Right. or that has weight and i think that's pretty cool i think that's a good way of, of within the game rules to I include a backstory is it like what is your goals or what yeah. are your ideals what is your, what is who is your what's rock? your drive that kind yeah. of yeah and so by the time you finish making just making the character you have all these things and then part of the game is what are your connections to the other players right it just goes out to, it just says it why do you know the person on the left and why do you know the person on the right and you're like oh and you just got to come up with stuff which is harder than you think sometimes it but is. it's also easier when you know the people right and, right, but um, I was thinking about Dresden Files, the fate when you run it as when you use fate to run it. Yes, and it, I like fate in a way because it gives you these what do they call them aspects aspects. So that also helps you to 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 get a backstory in your head, right? And to be able to to create, you know, you can do this, but this is what or this, you know, there's different aspects, right? There's always a good one and a and but it has a bad thing with it. Right, right. So so I, in in fate, they don't have you know strength and wisdom and all that. They have aspects, which is our uh, basically what usually a phrase or a sentence that describes a part of your character and what and uh, and the best aspects are things that can be used positively by you and also can be used by the GM to complicate the situation. And, you know, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's a little harder to do it that way. You know, be a little harder to come up with. I mean, for 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 any creative person, you know, we're, I think most RPGs are pretty creative. So it might be a weird or a different concept that you never had before, but I think role players are creative enough and smart enough to, like, to understand what the game wants and so i don't think i've ever had a problem with characters players i should say coming up with some interesting aspects they want your aspects to be dramatic right so so if you're going to use fate it's always a good idea to give some examples of right. the what the aspects can be yes because you just don't want to say okay come up with an aspect and and blah. for me it was a really hard con- concept when i first like man what do you mean that, what do you mean you don't have attributes you have words but he he really likes it now in a way because he likes to be able to to let you do something that you're really really good at say you're really good at computers you're an excellent hacker right but then he likes to use the complications against you that oh somebody sees what you just did and they're you you think they're coming for you right or oops you tripped the thing in the in the department of defense and uh (laughs) you better get out of here that kind of thing right right Right, exactly so i think i really like fate certain aspects of it uh but uh the problem i've always had is uh, i don't want to get into that that alone when you have like instead of just a stat like your character's strength is 18 uh they say well if you want to have a strong character you want to be give me a phrase that fits and so, the, and they, they use, and they're very good at explaining things in, in in the Fate Core book. For example, they say you're a strong character, strongest man in the in the county, 
and then you say you're the bill the strong as a bull uh, circus man right so then and they go what aspect is more has more punch to it and of course the last one is because like you have this idea of a bull how strong you are you have a name and then you kind of have like a job that you that you work at like you know, like a circus or something when you have that kind of a way to make a character it does it gives you an idea of what your character is like just right off the bat which makes it easier to have a backstory right yeah, to role play yeah uh, yeah because that's what the backstory is for how right. are you gonna how are you gonna play your character like Saul always says the the with a cliche what is my motivation <laughs> Which is, is an important thing when you're when you're sitting down to play a game that is just totally out of your head, right? Yes. Yes, there's rules. There's a rule set and stuff. But the, the fun part about role playing is that you're you're doing it. It's it's new. You're creating a new thing every time yes. you do it, right? And you can make your, your character does change and grow and, and change the longer that you play that character. Unless they die, then, yes. you know, it's over and you make a new character. So... <laughs> Yeah, and that's exactly it, is that you're talking about this shared storytelling stuff. And you're right, you you are, not only is it shared storytelling, because like, you know, we could all tell share stories, but we're creating stories on the fly, and that's that's amazing, you know. And that's why, you know, like, sometimes when, even, even games that I'm, I don't think are going to be that exciting, or all our sessions are not on Zoom, I record almost every session, because, just because I want to remember what happened. Not that I'm ever going to publish them or anything, but for my own sake, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's, uh, what happened here? And I can relook and look at it and check out what we did and like, oh, I really had fun. And I could see that video and see why it seemed fun to me where you know, some sessions are not that fun. Others are more fun. So so I just you could check out what made that session fun. And a lot of it has to do with how well everybody's interacting. You know, nobody's just sitting there falling asleep. You know, the, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of, and action doesn't have to be like whiz bang. I'm shooting everything that moves. It could be just, you know, talking to each other about what the situation is, trying to figure, uh, solve problems and figure out the puzzles and stuff like that. So, yeah, it doesn't all have to be this uh, fighting combat action type stuff that that makes the game memorable. Uh, I haven't gone through everything that I wrote down. I think uh, we talked real quick. I want to talk about spotlighting in the background. Oh, yeah. So when you GM, uh, you can incorporate stuff from their background into the adventure. And one, one, there's two things. One, it makes, it gives you ideas to make an adventure. And two, it makes that character and player, well, makes the player feel that their character is important, right? Because you're, because something's happening that has to deal with their character. Right. You know. As an underlying thread in, the, in yeah. the adventure, I think that's pretty neat when when that happens. You know, you, of course, you have to switch from person to, to character, person. and you don't want to dwell too much on one character's background. Well, and you can. I I have a a, a real life example of that with the Western game that you're running for oh, Teo. Okay. Um, Teo wanted to play this diplomat, right? Right. And for the first few sessions, he there was always this thing in the that you're supposed to you're going to have this meeting but we never actually got to the meeting and then when we, when we finally did get to the meeting he said this is the best thing because <laughs> Saul made it like totally what nobody was going to expect it to be right 
I have no idea what you guys were expecting. I had no idea what to expect, but it was it was a very interesting, and you could just I could tell that uh, he was just having so much fun, and he was excited about it because he got to, and then he learned something too in the middle of the game because Sal put in who was the guy you put in the really bad Kit Carson. Kit Carson. In the middle, he goes, "I just looked up Kit Carson. He's terrible." He's terrible. You got, you got a, my my nephew is very he's very social justice orientated, and you know he really has uh, paid attention to, you know his roots, right? You know he's Mexican. Uh, well, he's I don't know what percentage of it he's Mexican. You know his mom is half uh, half uh, Viking. Yes. <laughs> Because she's Thor's son, but is actually a daughter, uh, Thor's daughter. But anyway, he is really interested in the whole history of Mexico. He's interested in Vikings and and his mom's background. And it's an interesting mix of cultures, right? This Viking background and and, and Mexican uh, background. And so I wrote, came up with a Western, but instead of based on the American West, it's based on the uh, Mexican West. And so it's a little bit alt history uh, and stuff like that. But some events are still happening and some events have changed right and one of the things is kit carson at the time in the 1840s was a running around doing stuff in the west and from like you know beaver pelting he was an all-around weird guy i mean he was i mean not weird but he was he was very active i mean he was like i said he was a trapper a, bear, a beaver trapper and then he he started messing around uh, he was involved in the bear republic in, in revolt in in california he was involved in the texas uh independence movement uh he became a senator and did all kinds of things and but he then, was also not a nice guy he was not a nice guy he burned down the native american villages and stuff like that and i present this character because i've changed the all the history of what happened he never his bear revolt Bear Revolt happen. in California did happen, but it was squashed by the Mexican government, uh, Spanish government actually. And then, and uh, and basically, w- what I did is that the Texas never got to, uh, to never got to secede. From never them. got to secede from Mexico and has stayed a Mexican territory. Of territory, Mexico, right? So, what does Kit Carson do? You know, he he was involved in the war. He lost. He's basically living in in Mexico because. All that land is still Mexican, so he decided. And and I and one of the things he did do was he settled in New Mexico, yes, and in some little town. In the game, they bring him out. You know, they bring him out to talk about American and Western and Mexican relations. So that's when my nephew looked up Kit Carson. He goes, "I hate this guy." I go, "That's good," <laughs> but that's he couldn't good. kill him because we were protecting him, which was which yes. was a very odd uh, juxtaposition, right? Yes. It was like. It was. It made it an interesting thing, right? Two of the characters were like, "I should kill him," and <laughs> and you're like going, oh, "Okay, we're trying to keep the assassins from killing the people in this room." Yes. So it was. It was a. It was a very interesting. So he was a diplomat. Yeah. Yes. It was he, a very interesting thing, and just taking that aspect of what Teo wanted to do with his character, the diplomatic part, right? Right. He wanted to be this diplomat, and by. By the way that Saul did it, it made it very exciting and interesting for him. And so he had a lot of fun. So that's spotlighting right. the character, right? Right. Or, or an aspect from their backstory. Yes, yes, exactly. Because before it was just like they were on the road, right? They were going from... Uh, San, from an- San Antonio to... Or no, from El Paso, El Paso to San, San Antonio. Antonio. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. From those two towns. And, of course, you know, action ensues. You know, they get they get waylaid on the road. And uh, twice? No. No. 
the the scenes of the first two sessions have been really uh scenes full of action you know fighting uh there was some interesting interludes with uh, certain uh entities his background hadn't really entered into the game and i could tell he was really taking like a back seat to the situation and even jolene even jolene noticed because she goes she goes maybe you should you should have that diplomatic meeting that you said is the whole reason uh, my nephew's character was there uh, was on the road was going because he didn't really care about the the caravan from uh, uh, El Paso to San Antonio uh, because he had to go to San Antonio for this big diplomatic meeting but he goes well there's safety in numbers I'll go with you guys you guys and then there was some interesting aspects that he was interested in but he had taken kind of a back seat but here uh, he was at the front right because he was he was invited to speak at this diplomatic meeting. And then on top of that, he was in, sort of entrusted to make sure that to protect everybody at the meeting because it could be, you know, could be dangerous. And it's exactly what happened. So I thought it was really interesting. I think it worked well. And I thank you know, Jolene for for reminding me why, that you know, of Tao's background. And so he was, uh, he was ex- I think he was extremely happy about how the session went. Because for the first time he goes, oh, I can't wait for the next session, right? So, so that was good. So that ended in a, in a positive note. Yeah, because you want, especially your your nephews and kids, to have fun when they're playing, right? That's right. what everybody is supposed to be having fun. But right. spotlighting players is is important, and you can do that from the backgrounds, right? Because because like I said before, if if you look at their background, you know what they want to do. You know what they want to see in the game. And I, you're right. I hadn't really been paying attention to, to that aspect of of his background. And so when I added that in, he was like, he was in his element, right? Right. Yeah. So that's what you want. You want engaged players. Yes. So backgrounds can help with that. And just remember when you're doing your background to maybe not, you know, write a whole book. Just <laughs> you know. And it's good for the the GM to tell you what they want you to tell them in your background. Or right. That might be the, helpful. Yeah. yeah give you a clue i want you to write me two paragraphs and this is what i want you to tell me or (laughs) give me these bullet points that kind of thing right yes yes because you want to make sure that as a gm you as a as a player and a gm both ways you want the gm as a player you want the gm to uh, to know what you think is important and as a gm you should get that information from the player because you want them to have fun right because if he's if he writes too much, you're like, well, it seems like this is important, but you don't want the GM to guess what's important in your record. Right, yeah, right, right. Because <laughs> then you know it might have just been fluff that you yeah, put in, or right? like something you just threw in there as a player, and then like you all of a sudden there's an adventure dealing with that, and you're kind of bored, and and then the GM's like, this is what you wanted. <laughs> no, it's not you wrote it down. You wrote it down. You gave me it wasn't your backstory. Getting a backstory is important, but also having a discussion about what is important in that backstory to the player, the GM asking the player that is probably just as important. Yes. So just remember when you're doing role playing that that's the most important is for everybody to have fun. Right. Right. So backstories will help with that. Yes, they can greatly. Hello, this is gaming perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day.